this episode of the Gig Harbor Flycast, and I'm coming uh, coming to you from Forks, Washington. I'm at Steelhead Camp right now. I'm guiding for the next several weeks, and uh, and so I thought I'd take the opportunity to uh, to intro this podcast of an interview I had with Sanfli, a guide down in uh, Isla Hobosh, Mexico, and um, and wanted to introduce him to you. But before we get rolling into that, uh, a couple things. Um, man, I'm still head uh, guiding this week and it's, uh, it's it's supposed to snow this weekend and um, I really want to go someplace warm. I just got back from someplace warm so maybe that's why I want to uh, get away and go, go again. Um, maybe my feet haven't acclimated to wearing socks and shoes yet. Uh, but this fall in October, I'm uh, hosting a trip to Cuba and I think this is either my seventh or eighth trip um, that I'm, I'll be hosting on there. And we're going to uh, the Zapata Peninsula, south of Havana, on the Georgiana. It's an it's a really great liveaboard situation where we the skiffs pick us up off the boat, we go fish, and this is like incredible fishing. Uh, you don't see anyone else around. It's it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, would love to have you join us, and we have a few open spots for that. But we have some other destinations that we're going to be uh, going to as well. And so a lot of that stuff's on our website. You can check out like our Christmas Island 2021 trip, uh, as well as some other tropical uh, destinations. So um, if you're new starting out fly fishing, we really want to help you out. Uh, we want to help you get started. Um, on the right foot, learning the cast, not getting frustrated more than more than it, it uh, normally is. Uh, and so we have classes that uh, are great and perfect for you to be able to dive into fly fishing. So we have our intro to fly fishing class. That's on Saturdays. Um, check out our website at gigharborflyshop.com for uh, all of the schedule and make reservations. It's a great class for just 50 bucks. Uh, but we also have on, on their clinics that are follow-ups. Um, and there's a lake fishing clinic, a stream fishing clinic, and then I teach a beach clinic as well, uh, teaching you how to fish the beaches around Puget Sound. So um, in addition to those things, we also run guided trips. Right now, um, man, what time is it? It's like uh, 11, 11, 10 p.m. And um, and so I'm, I'm getting ready to uh, call it a night. I'm steelhead guiding in the morning, but we have a lot of cutthroat guided trips available for fishing Puget Sound from either the beach or from our, our fleet of Hobie kayaks. And so um, make sure you get uh, scheduled in for that stuff for this summer. It's a lot of fun. That's our most popular guided trips uh, from the whole year. So, uh, so diving into our interview for today, uh, I had the opportunity to fish with, um, I mean, I would say he's a fair, he's a a legendary guide in the fly fishing industry uh, named Sandfly, and it's a nickname that his uh, dad gave him, and he tells the story. And anyways, I got to fish with him in Guatemala for a few days, um, and uh, and just had an absolute blast. It wasn't wasn't only because I had the opportunity to practice my Spanish, which is which I've been really working hard at, but um, but just got to get to know him a little bit more, and um, and just hear his story, and and um, and talk to another fly fishing. Uh, industry professional is great. So then after Guatemala, we flew to Mexico and we drove to San Felipe's house. And so we flew into Cancun and I uh, got picked up and took the van ride that's about an hour and a half to a ferry, um, which felt very much at home, big ferries, just like Washington. Took a 20 minute ferry across to this little island where um, where we were um, taking to San Felipe's house. So um, I mean, the guy just loves fly fishing 
and um, and just loves people. I mean, he's just great to get along with and a lot of fun. And so I'm really excited to introduce him to you today. And so I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I had hanging out with him. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Gig Harbor Flycast. And I have a special guest today with me, San Flea. And we are on location in Mexico uh, at San Flea's home in Isla Hobosh. And so thanks for, thanks for one, hosting us um, this week here fishing and for uh, all your hospitality and um, for just hanging out and chatting today. Um, and so first, the, your nickname, you got to tell the story about how, <coughs> how you got the nickname. Yeah. No, my father told me when I was a, a kid, I was like a Dennis the Menace, you know? Like, <laughs> Dennis the like a Dennis the Menace, you know? I was, <laughs> when the house was so quiet, said, oh, something's happened here, you know? Um, and we called sound fleas the no-seams here, here in court. No-seams? You know? yeah, yeah, and, okay. and you know, they bother you too much, and that's my father to, uh, told me. Yeah, name me Samfly. <laughs> what can I do? Samfly, Samfly, and I Samfly. <laughs> and it's stuck. Yeah, it's stuck over yeah. there. Yeah, so, um, so a lot of people probably don't even know your real name. No, very few people. No, no, everybody call me Samfly or Russian. Some, only the local people here, they call me Russian, Russo. 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 They call me Russo. Yeah. Uh, but very few people know knows my name or they call you mr tarpon oh mr tarpon mr tarpon yeah yeah so uh so you grew up in the area and um so tell, tell us a little bit about growing up and then how you ended up more in town no i, I born here i born here in holbosch but i live first in the lighthouse like a 40 kilometer from here because my father family they were the owner of the coconut farms in that time, you know, like uh, 45 years ago. So we go, because my, my father was a lighthouse keeper too over there and my grandpa too. That's the reason I know the, all those areas because they show me all those places yeah. where to fish. So when we grow up until six or seven years old, my father uh, told us, okay, we need to move to Holbosch because we need to go to the school. And uh, we came back here um, we, for, to go to the school. So for, for those of you that aren't familiar with the area we're talking about, um, Hobosh is, uh, is kind of by Cancun, an island. It's I mean, an hour and a half drive, right, from, yes. from Cancun? Yes, it's so, our um, 30 minutes board, uh, drive from Cancun to Chiquila Port and 20 minutes to cross by a boat. Yeah, so it's an island. You have to take a ferry uh, it across. It's, what, it costs like what six dollars or something uh, like uh eleven dollars now oh it's eleven oh, a yeah. round trip no, no just one trip. way yeah pa oh. no for the local people for local people it's cheaper sure you know? it's sure, like sure. a half price yeah okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> so is pat is he considered local at this point no i don't think so no it's a <laughs> I don't think so. Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Okay. Our, our buddy Pat lives down here uh, several months out of the year and fishes like a maniac. And so he's he's kind of known as one of the, the local fishing fishing bums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. So, so you've seen this, this town change a lot. Like we were yes. even talking today on the water about how um, even just a few years ago that there were a lot more commercial fishermen and yeah. half of them uh, quit commercial fishing and are now just doing ecotourism stuff. And so, uh, so 
this little beach paradise has become very popular with tourists and a lot of uh we've we i've just noticed that it's been a lot of europeans yep. um you know and, and even just t talking to friends and talking to different americans they they don't know they don't even know that this place exists yes um and so it's it's kind of it's a little bit off the radar compared to some other some other you know popular beach towns um but it's growing so um i mean what are what are some of the things that you've seen um develop that uh that you've really that you like new, that's new about the town and then maybe what are some of the things that you know I don't you like know, that you don't like that. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, Moldy Holbosch started to grow in like three or four years ago. Before that was a calm island, you know, uh, very Only cold. three or four years ago? Yeah, change. Wow. The, the, the big change, you know. Wow. Because before that one, was, it's a small, a small island with uh, cozy houses, you know. How many people live here? Now it's living like a three thousand people. Three thousand, okay. Like a three thousand living now. Um, like four years ago, they live in like uh, twelve hundred. Wow, twelve hundred. So it's dub over doubled. A little more, I think so. And that's driven pretty much just by tourism. Yeah, well, by tourism. Yeah, because lots of people arrive here to work. Before yeah. that one, you know, just the hundred percent of the people he was commercial fishermen. But now. Mostly the fifty percent they change for commercial fishermen. Sorry, the fifty percent they change for ecotourism tours. Yeah, in that work, and the other fifty is commercial fishermen. Okay, and there and so some of these nice hotels that are along the beach, those are pretty new then. The yeah, very new. Newer construction. Yeah, some guys came here and and he wrote something wow. in the newspaper, you know, an American yeah. newspaper in the Wall Street, you know. Yeah. Um, Explode, whole bunch explode, you know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so crowded now. Yeah. Mm, some systems, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I guess, so some of the good things about that is that there's, there's local economy, there's money coming in. Um, and so commercial fishing is really tough to make, make money. Yeah, at. yeah. It's very tough, but that's good for the, uh, the economy from the island, you know. But for me, some friends, they, they told me, oh, that's good because you have more trips. No, I want three or four boats, yeah. but I, have, I want happy clients. Yeah. I don't want 10 boats and just one, one boat will be catching fish, you know? Right. I want to keep in this yeah. secret a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, we're, we're kind of working against that with what we're yeah. doing here, but, um, <laughs> but um, I mean, but you like to work, and so um, love it. Yeah, so people should come on down, <laughs> come on down and fish with you. So you've been guiding for a long time. How many years have you been guiding? Thirty-one years with me now. Thirty-one years, and 30. that's all out of Hobosh. Mm, I started guiding in, in Cancun area in Isla Blanca and um, Cancun and Cozumel, guiding okay. over there. So you would you would go over there to guide yes. and stay and then come back come and, back yes that's and that was that was pretty much just for clients that were coming into Cancun yes because those areas are just right yep. right there so um, but you and for you guiding it's not you know so uh, you know traveling around uh, different areas you know and getting to experience uh, guides in in other countries and stuff like that for some of them it's very much a job. Like it is, it is their, it is their job. Like 
I mean, they like their job, but it's, I mean, they're, they're there to work. You know, so getting to know you on the on this trip and and uh, our time that we spent in Guatemala and and um, here, this is not just a job for you. No, that's not a job. No, you, no, no, no. Oh, I so I you love always. This. I I say God, thank you for this beautiful job I have. Yeah, yeah. Like, like a job, but this is not a job for me. No? I love this. This is my passion. It's, it's my life. life. Yeah. I, it's my life. I love this. You know, and, and you make money. Okay. Yeah, if, if you can make money doing something that you absolutely yeah, love, yeah. that's great. That's My a great wife, thing. I got in at least at least two months, you know, every day. And my day off, my my wife asked me, "Okay, you be staying here in home next day for resting?" No, hey Jose, <laughs> you're going one fishing. thing I go fishing. <laughs> one thing is guiding, another thing is fishing. Yeah, you know, I cannot stop. I love yeah. this. I love this. You know. So in in so in fishing for you has taken you to. Uh, a lot of different places. Like you don't solely fish right here. You've gone. No. You've gone all over the places. You've done. Uh, you've gone up to Alaska. Yeah, Alaska, Montana, Montana, uh, Louisiana, in Florida. Yeah. In Florida, in in Idaho, in Idaho, <laughs> in oh. Jackson Hole. All the way to Idaho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the Babine. Yeah, you, in the Babine okay. in Canada. In, Froze your tail off. Yeah, we went to. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> that scared me. No, we went to the Indo-Pacific Ocean too. Yeah? Yeah, um, Providence, all around over there. Yeah, so you've gone, gone to see, oh, you've been to the Seychelles? Yeah, I was in Seychelles. Yeah, so you've gone all over the place. Uh, um, you're passionate about fi fishing for permit? In, in yes. You, in your counting, how many permit have you got? Oh, 238 now. 238, I'm catching up. <laughs> I only need to catch 235 more and I got, and I got you I, tied. <laughs> I'm lucky, I'm lucky, you know? <laughs> yep, yeah. So um, so when anglers come down here to fish, um, I mean, let's talk about tarpon. So this area is primarily a tarpon tarpon yes. fishery there's there are some bonefish but it's but no. it's not really a bone i mean that's it's that's if if you really want if someone really wants to get a grand slam you're yes. gonna go maybe try to find a bonefish yes <laughs> but it's very few arrive here very few bonefish um um permit but it's more seasonal summer in it's summertime more, yeah yeah so march on march to some, august september but yep. most it's May to September, but very few. Yeah. But we are lucky that we have a friend that every year is coming and we're fishing for Grand Slam. And we do it. Yeah. Every That's year. Great. Every year. Wow. I have clients for 24 years, 25 years coming every year. And he gets Grand Slam every year? Every year. Oh my God. Yeah, that's luck. That's luck. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. luck. But he fished for 14 days. 12 days. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, but that's, yeah, that's great. But yeah, but the primary here is the, is tarpon in summertime, big tarpon. Yeah. Baby tarpon year round and it's nook too. Yeah. We find some nooks. Yeah. We saw some, we saw some really nice yeah. nook today. Some, a couple bi really big ones. Yeah. yeah was, nice ones. Yeah. It was incredible. So for, for tarpon fishing, uh, on our first day we were here, uh, we went down the beach, which is a beautiful beach. It's, yeah. The water's look just, Looks spectacular, and we fished for some some pretty large tarpon. Ah, the big ones in the morning. And yeah, so um, so that that so you have large large tarpon here, um, and they're over 100 pounds, and it's fishing 12 weights, sinking lines. You're looking for them rolling, trying to get position yeah. the boat in front of them. Uh, you, you guys even have paddles where you're yeah. paddle, paddling the boat after these fish, and 
and kind of chase, chasing them all over the place. But the idea is to get out in front of them and, and get a cast out, let it sink a little bit. Yep. And, and then retrieve the fly back. Um, uh, you know, for, for an, an intermediate angler, you know, what are their chances of of hooking one of those fish? That's luck. For me, that's it's luck because it's pretty tough, huh? very tough, but we have clients that they cast 10 feet, 15 feet, and yeah. they do it. You know, it's just little luck. You yeah. need to see how the wind moving, the current, you know, to put in the right position. You can see they're rolling. So there's some days where you can't even go there because of the wind. No, yeah. If it's windy days, we go directly for baby turpin. Yeah. So, um, so the, the island, how long is the island? The island is the white, it's from, they have like a 40 kilometers long. Okay. The and then there's, so there's a couple spots where there's channels that go yes. through to get to the lagoon side. And the yep. lagoon, is, I mean, it's a... It's a big lagoon. It's, it's, it's like big. a... I did like a 50 or 60 kilo, uh, miles wide. <laughs> 50 miles wide. Yeah. That, that's a lot of habitat for, yes. for tarpon. Lots of habitat. So one of the things that I saw on Wednesday that um, that I thought was really cool was uh, there was there were a couple hundred tarpon that were out out of the mangroves on on like the flats and they were just they're rolling. just rolling and and moving around slowly and 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 so we were chasing those fish and i, I mean i couldn't believe how many fish there were yeah but they you know they weren't the large ones that were offshore and so most of the fish that that um that you, that you're fishing here what what's an average size fish you can find them from two pounds yeah 35 pounds 40 pounders yeah. in the mangrove you know eight pound 12 pound 20 pounders yeah but the big ones just in the ocean side i'm but i'm surprised how many fish i've seen here that in the lagoon that yeah. were 25 30 pounds seems like there seems like i was i didn't expect to see that many that, yeah. fish that large i thought there'd be more 12 15 pound maybe 20 pound fish i didn't i didn't expect to see as many 30 yeah. 35 i mean there's quite a few of them yeah we have seen the population every year is growing but now the 50% of the population in Hurboish is changing for the tourism. Yeah. They are not fishing more for commercial fishermen. That help. That help so just more. just having less pe less nets in the less water. Less nets in the water and everything. Yeah. That's but cool. we did we did find a couple dead tarpon yeah. today and and um, you know you you guys took great care to to retrieve those those That's dead fish and Go throw them up on the beach for, yeah. for the birds and stuff. Mostly we have so. that that kind of problem when it's uh, when the storm the cold front start arriving yeah. because the commercial fishermen they net a little bit over there. Because normally they net the beach. Yeah, right? and they, yeah, they normally they net in the beach, but when it's the cold front coming, the snooks they they are chasing for a snook. You know? Yeah, but you know there are some tarpons over there. And yeah. it's a shame, but and so then the lagoon's protected. Yes, and so then it gives them a. A little bit of area to, to keep fishing so okay so for fishing for tarpon uh we hung out tied some flies last night yeah um and uh it, it was really cool to see uh one of your techniques to so the tail doesn't foul you punched a hole through the a magnum strip uh, of rabbit and then fed mo the mono through the tail and looped up a lot of times people will loop loop the yeah. the loop around yeah. um uh, horizontally around the back, but but you had it come up and over, and uh, and I fished that fly today. Yeah, and, and it that fly didn't foul up. I mean, it it kept it straight. That was a really that was a really cool That's technique. Cool. 
but I but I noticed that the hooks that you're tying on, the, they were uh, a Gamagatsu hook, and uh, they're a little bit lighter Jip. weight hook than um, than uh, some of the hooks that I've used before, um, like the owner Aki hook, yeah. or um, or even like the Tiemco. No, um, they're heavy for here. So, and is that just because of the depth of water you're normally fishing? Yeah, the depth here, the water is like one foot, you know, or less than half foot. So that you want that fly to ride a little bit yeah, higher. Yeah, yeah, I'm very soft too because the Gamakaso SC15 one uh, that's the best hook because very light. Um, and we fish in very uh, shallow water, you know. Yeah. So if if anglers were going to tie up some some of their own flies, um, to you know, you guys have you guys tie flies and supply flies yeah. for clients. But if but sometimes people want to tie their own and fish their own, uh, would you recommend anglers using different different styles of hooks so that their flies are differently weighted and fish in di fish different areas no or, no or i, pr I prefer the, the same just stay with the, the, the light same hook. with the light yeah because we're fishing our waters here are very clear you know yeah they are crystal clear you know and it's unshallow too yeah. you have a, a heavy hooks they don't work you know just put them so that's the reason we use the gamacaso c15 one add but all that flies in one add that's better so the water is pretty clear. The fish can see the fly uh, pretty easily and from a distance. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that that even you know a, a fish that was in, further in the pack could would maybe even turn to the fly because you could tell that that fish yes. saw the fly and he was quite a distance away. You know, and, and so the fly we were using today was white, red head on it with a little bit of pink flash, yeah. um, but. But a fairly small, small fly. Um, so you're not fishing. You're not fishing very large flies, but maybe on the beach side you do. Yeah, on the beach side we do. We do that, but not in in the mangrove. So uh, when you're when you're fishing for tarpon, um, how close are you going to put the fly? How what's the what's the best distance uh, to make the cast to a fish, and then how close do you put the fly to the fish? Uh, the good distance like at 30 feet. Would be a good distance. Yeah. But I like I like to put like at least two or three feet in front of the fish, and but you, before that one you need to see how the fish are behaving. You know, with running slow, how they are moving, all that things that they count, and you decide. Okay, I will put two feet in front or three, but mostly it's two feet for tarpons. But for a snook it's very different. Okay. For a snook need to be on on his head. And with a soft landing. Yeah, with a soft land. So you, you got to get your yes the line to roll out and stop and drop yep. instead of coming around and smacking the water. Yeah. Um, so uh, because uh, accuracy matters mm -hmm. and um, and you're throwing like nine weights, nine, ten nine, weights, nine weight, maybe ten weights, sometimes eight weights. Um, you know, what are some things anglers should be should be doing before they come down here as far as practicing? Like how how should they practice? Uh, because they should, and most yeah. don't. How how um, how should they practice to prepare for a, a trip to come tarpon fishing? For as babies, you need to start to practicing with the number nine. I prefer okay. and going the field over there, well, a football, you know, field, and I start practicing over there with a fly. Yeah, yeah, because you need to feel the head, the 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 weight of the fly. Yeah, I, one of the things that I noticed was. Um, the leader that 
that we were fishing was much longer than than I'm yeah. than I'm used to. Um, and so we were fishing like an 11 foot, yeah, 11, 11 foot, foot leader. Yeah, clear water. And yeah, and and um, and that takes it takes practice. Yes. Not only not only to get the whole thing to roll out for you, but but the other part I noticed is casting at the mangroves. I'm used to fishing like a seven foot leader, and so so I know how much fly line I have out when I make the cast, and the fly's going to turn over and where it's going to land. But now I have four feet more leader material so i go to make my cast and i'm in the mangroves and 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 i'm like ah oh, the longer leader keeps coming <laughs> off because I, I can see the fly line i know the fly what the yeah, fly line's doing that's true and so and so so english should practice with the longer leader practice yeah. at home rolling that thing out and, and accuracy accuracy counts and that's true Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on this episode of the Gig Harbor Flycast. Can you do us a favor and leave us a review? It's a brand new podcast and we would love for other people to describe to discover it. And leaving a review helps people find that a lot easier. Make sure you subscribe to it on where, whatever uh, channel you, you, uh, you get your podcast, whether it's on Stitcher or, or Apple or, or whatever it is. Um, make sure you get all the updates because we have a weekly podcast that comes out. We have some really great stuff that's coming up. In fact, what's coming up is that we have we have an interview with George Cook, and he's the Sage uh, Fly Rods rep, and there's, he's uh, going to be talking about something new from Sage that's coming out. Uh, and we also have Brian Bennett on the show that's coming up, and Brian is the brains and creator of MoldyChum.com, and uh, Brian's a great friend and is one of the smartest people in the industry that I know. So thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to keep updated with everything we got going on. And hopefully we'll see you soon.